1: plushcare.com slash weight loss back in moderator for tonight's broadcast At least. <laughs> I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. The door to the range will never close. But at some point, it's going to get real hard to get in. It's high noon for Friday, August 27th, 2021. Follow the podcast on the Telegram Messenger app at t.me slash I'm your moderator or join the discussion thread at t.me slash I'm reasonable. You can also find me on Gab and Getter at I'm Your Moderator. The substack is I'mYourModerator.substack.com. And the merch site is Couture.com. If you're having browser issues, you can go direct at Shop.Spreadshirt.com slash Cancel-Couture. Today is the 219th day of Barack Obama's third term as served by the half-dead, demented, degenerate, ventriloquist, dummy, fake proxy president, Joe Biden, who was overwhelmingly compromised by the Chinese Communist Party, the patriarch of one of the most corrupt families in American history and the father of one of the most despicable sons to ever walk the earth. That's Hunter Biden. So congratulations, Commies. You did all of this to signal your virtue, and that's exactly what you've done. You just severely overestimated your own personal virtue. And that's the sort of thing that happens when you live in a falsified digital world created by people who hate you and know you're stupid and are more than happy to turn each and every one of you commies into the useful idiots you've always wanted to be. It is so easy, isn't it? You just spend the day online repeating the slogans, defending the slogans, realizing that the slogans are indefensible, and then figuring out the new set of slogans for you to repeat. And it still doesn't work. And I know you have a hard time believing that. You think I'm the crazy one. You think that I represent a very fringe minority view. Except, if that's true, why are they censoring us, commie? What should be threatening about all my dumb and ignorant conspiracy theories if you were right about everything? I mean, there's certainly no dearth of hate and anger inside the Democrat Communist Party and its audience of useful idiots. You got that one going. It's not like no one will stand up to the big bad conspiracy theorists online, right? So why are we censored? All of you are the very smart ones. You all went to uh, college, right? You all have a job at an office with a company that has a very well-designed logo, right? You know the season's best colors on Instagram. You should be able to defend your side's position at every turn. In fact, if you had the correct majority view that you think you have, you imagine yourself on the right side of history, right? Isn't that, isn't that what you say? You got the majority view. You're on the right side of history. You're the very smart one. You've got all the very smart people on your side, and that's why you let them do the thinking. But why do you need the censorship? You've got everybody there to shoot down all of these terrible views, all of these conspiracy theories that people like me have. So why the censorship commie? Right? Right. You are there to signal all of your virtue and the more popular you are, the more important it is that you signal and you do it all for likes and attention and occasionally, you know, if you have a big enough following, then they'll pay you to repeat the slogans. The government will pay you to repeat the slogans. The government will take people's tax money the money that people earned and then had to give to the government. They will take that money and then give it to an Instagram influencer to propagandize the public. And of course, they'll censor any response to the message because they don't want that message to get thrown off. That's why they're able to turn comments off. And that's why they're able to hide all the ones that – hit the algorithm, and classify as negative. So you get to show your virtue everywhere, unabated. Just, hey, everybody, look at this virtue I have today. Today, I'm expressing my sadness for the terrorist incident in Afghanistan that was almost certainly Donald Trump's fault and almost certainly the Taliban's fault. But let me tell you from my place of moral certainty and virtue that I heard a couple new slogans about how it's not Joe Biden's fault and it's not the military leader's fault. It's just Donald Trump's fault and the Taliban's fault. And if you disagree with me, you're going to get censored. Because those are the new slogans. They are now indisputably true. And you have no choice but to accept them and repeat them yourself. And, hey, let me just take this opportunity right now to say. Hello, Kami. If you are beginning to realize what you have done. And what you have done is a grievous moral error that you are actually running out of time to rectify. If you have realized, though, that it is a grievous moral error and you want to come back and be American again, we will accept you. you got to understand that. And with that, I want to extend a warm Friday high noon welcome to all of the redeemable communists out there. Hello, redeemable communists! Welcome to the show. I don't know how you found it. Hopefully, you have an American friend who you have turned to in this moment of sadness and disillusionment and confusion. And you have said, howdy, patriot. Is there anything that I might listen to that will help me stop being such an uncomfortable Conscionably evil communist. And the good patriot said. Yes, of course. Check this show out. (laughs) And you listen for an hour today and an hour on Monday and an hour on Tuesday. And by the end of next week or maybe, you know, hopefully before the time runs out on you. You have come to the place where you realize the fullness of. Of the grievous moral error you have committed. And you realize that error at some point. Before you no longer get the option. Okay. Because there is going to come a time. In this series of events unfolding. Where it will have become obvious to everyone. And hopefully this will happen Because of the realization of election fraud, for instance, and not a greater series of events like we had yesterday where the president is merely exposed as incompetent and maliciously evil. Hopefully it comes through these technicalities and people realize that he was illegitimate and hopefully we don't have to bear witness to more of these tragedies. But however it occurs... There is going to be a definable moment where the country has realized at large that this has all been a lie, that this was a soft coup enacted over years. They stole an election. They have infiltrated every institution with power in this country. To every awakened American, these statements are obvious you get that, Kami? Do you understand that, Kami? We are not conspiracy theorists. We are the only ones paying attention. No, Kami, it is not good enough to read the articles that Apple News feeds you, it is not good enough to accept the slogans as true. And then convince yourself of their truth in order to dilute your own moral responsibility in what is happening and what has happened. Okay, there is going to be a time after which Americans do not forgive your ignorance. And that time is quickly approaching. And I've said this before. I'm writing this thing. It's basically like an open letter to those people who I am still close to or, you know, like family members and stuff like people who I really don't want to see go down this road. You know, yes, they voted for Biden. Many of them have gotten vaccinated. They sucked up the media narrative about January 6th. Literally, they're on board for the entire thing, you know, and I've done what I can to say, hey, this is not reality. And you admit that you don't know anything about this. Well, I do. Okay. I can answer every single question you have. And I have offered to do that. But it has been too important for you to remain in the party of false decorum to remain comfortable and to imagine yourself morally blameless because all you did was vote. All you did was vote, right? That's it. I mean, I know now you say it's a very sacred right that we must protect and we must protect it by destroying it for absolutely every citizen, just as we did in 2020. Now we need to make it law because last year, you know what? It was illegal when we did it last year, but we're going to do all that same stuff. We're going to put it into law. And then at that point, no one's vote will count, but we're going to say we protected it. And because we have made this step to protect it, we are going to win forever in the future. And by us winning forever in the future, it will prove that we are in the majority now and that we are on the right side of history and that our cause is righteous and just and moral. All we need to do is cement cheating into law. Right, Kami? All you did was vote. All you did was vote. Hey, don't blame me. All I did was vote. You know, I just didn't like that other guy. He was orange. He said mean things about Rosie O'Donnell. I saw them all. Oh, did you, Kami? How impressive. You did exactly what the television said. But all you did was vote. It's no big deal. Everybody was fooled just the same as you. You're just going to dilute your moral responsibility among a mass of American communists. And by doing so, no one can blame you. We were all fooled just the same. You're going to have uh, accomplices. No one should come after you for being online all the time, talking about how great, Joe Biden was, how awful Donald Trump was. Hey, Kami, even without what the next few weeks will undoubtedly bring, you voted for a man who was mentored by a Klansman. You did that. You voted for a man who said if you don't vote for him, you ain't black. And why did he say that? Well, because he anticipated getting about 95% of the black vote. And why do Democrats always anticipate that? Because Democrats are the party for black Americans? No. It's because Democrats steal your votes. That's why. And if you steal them enough, then the numbers prove that those people actually voted for you, which means that you are the party that isn't racist even while you vote for people mentored by Klansmen. How's that work, Kami? How does it work? All you did was vote. All I did was vote. All I did was make some Instagram posts. Everybody was saying the same thing. I thought it was right. Oh, really, Kami? What about the masks, Kami? What about the lockdowns? What about the fact that you encouraged Home learning. Does it matter that millions of kids dropped out of school never to return? Nah, of course not. Of course not. That doesn't matter. But hey, it's no big deal. You were just following the science, right? That's almost exactly like what the good Germans said, isn't it? And the Nazis as well. I was just following orders. That's what you're doing, isn't it, Kami? You're just following the science. You're just following the data you just following the television. You're just following the news. You're just going along with what your friends say. You have diluted your moral responsibility. So it doesn't matter because all you did was vote. All you did was exercise your very sacred right to vote. All you did was vote, Kami. No one can blame you. Except the thing is, Kami. Voting was not the only thing you did. You have spent years projecting your hate of Trump's supporters to everyone. And you do it by using Trump as an avatar for his supporters. And by Trump supporters, you define that group as everyone who does not repeat the slogans along with you. All right? Trump is a proxy, an avatar for your hatred. Because the truth is, you hate everybody. And something you should realize is, if you hate everybody, chances are you hate yourself. And why would you hate yourself, Kami? Well, because you know that there is nothing authentic about you. You are a fraud, which is probably why you don't mind fraud. You don't mind small crimes because you commit them. You don't mind when people in positions of power lie because you're a liar. But it doesn't matter because you're in the party of false decorum and something that we know about the party of false decorum is that the only thing that matters is the show. You're only there to impress people who are higher up than you so that you can somehow take advantage of them and they can pull you on up to that higher plateau. And once you get up there, man, That's where happiness is. Right, Kami? You just get that next job, then you're happy. You get enough money, then you're happy. You get a Tesla, then you're happy. You go on vacation, then you're happy. Right? Just keep on going, living your life. Next goal, next goal. Gosh, that next goal is always the one that will make you happy. That's all that matters, isn't it? Because it's all for show. So, of course, you don't know the purpose, the meaning. It's all for show. And the thing about the virtue signaling, Kami, isn't just that we know what you're trying to accomplish. It's that you don't have the virtue. Okay? You wouldn't have to be signaling the virtue if you actually possessed the virtue. You don't have to tell people you're honest. If you're honest, you don't have to tell people you're not racist if you're not racist. And you wouldn't have to repeat all the slogans and pretend that they were your ideas if you had ideas. There's a reason why you say what everyone else says, and there's a reason you do it All the time. It's because you know you don't have that virtue. You know you need to do the show for that person you want to impress. And you assume that because they are just like you, they know that the purpose is you saying what and who you are. Rather than just being authentically that person. And deep down, you know that, Kami, you are a fraud. And every time you watch this pitiful, pathetic, despicable administration, this illegitimate president and everyone around him, every time you watch them imploding on national television, you still double down and repeat the slogans. Because you think you are still signaling virtue. But who is receiving the signals at this point, Kami? You see, it actually does matter that you don't know anything. It actually does matter that you don't consider that other people who aren't you might be right about things you don't know anything about. And at some point... That might matter, because if the world isn't exactly how you believe it is, and it's not. And more people are waking up to that fact every single day, and they are. Then at some point, you might have to contend with the idea that signaling virtue just ain't gonna cut it anymore. What? Are people going to think when you are sitting there saying, well, I was, you know, I was just following the science. Everybody kind of agreed at the same thing. You know, I just, I was concerned about race in America. So I repeated the slogans because I'm so not racist. No, you repeated lies and you sowed racial division. And you justified political violence. You justified domestic terrorism. And you have the audacity to call other people peaceful Americans who care about their communities and their families and their friends and their country and don't want to see it taken away. You have the audacity to call them domestic terrorists because they have the courage to point out That an election that was obviously fraudulent was obviously fraudulent. And for that, they get called domestic terrorists. Now, I didn't get a show up yesterday and I was feeling very, very guilty about that. And I apologize. I had an idea of what I wanted to do with the show early in the morning and then The Afghanistan situation continued developing, and I did not want to do any of that a disservice. And I also didn't feel the same about doing the show I had planned. And then I had to go to my friend's album release show. And so I ran out of time. So I want to talk about a bit of that before getting into Afghanistan, because You know, there was this article yesterday in the Daily Beast, and it is one of the most despicable articles I've ever read. And it is just exemplary of the hate movement that is the Democrat Communist Party. And here's the thing, Kami, once again. Your vote for Joe Biden will forever be a stain on your character. I don't think you quite get how bad it is what you have done, okay? You did not vote for Hitler, true. You voted for an emotionally and mentally bankrupt appeaser of all of the evil in the world. What could you possibly imagine? that Joe Biden would have the ability to stand up to. There is nothing. There's nothing. And you knew it. And you knew he might die. And you knew that Kamala Harris would be next in line and Nancy Pelosi after that. And you did it anyway because you hate Donald Trump's supporters. And you will never live that down. You are running out of time to figure it out and migrate back to America. If you don't, you will be known as an appeaser of this evil. There is nothing else. There is no other path forward than figuring out what you have done wrong. And I really hope, I really hope that the people who have not figured that out yet, who are in my life, I do hope they figure that out. They can think I'm crazy. They can think I'm angry. They can think whatever they like. They can tell themselves whatever they want to say about me to convince themselves that they have not made a grievous moral error, but they have. It is undeniable. And at some point, it will no longer be able to be denied as they have done for the last nine months. This article is from the Daily Beast. Yesterday, it is by a man named David Rothkopf. So who is David Rothkopf? Well, he was the deputy undersecretary of commerce for international trade policy and development in the Clinton administration. He left the Clinton administration to become managing director of Kissinger Associates. You know, Henry Kissinger, And he's now a member of the Council on Foreign Relations. He is also a registered foreign agent and media consultant for the United Arab Emirates. And has gotten paid over half a million dollars a year to do that. This is a dyed in the wool communist. Who gets to pretend that he is not part of a hate movement because his father was a Holocaust survivor which he noted in an article with the headline, Israel is becoming an illiberal thugocracy and I'm running out of ways to defend it. This was in 2018. So let's get to his Daily Beast article, because the Daily Beast is a pretty widely read publication in the hip commie movement. You know, the Daily Beast is one of their go tos if they're kind of the Rachel Maddow, Chris Hayes type. Fox News has run an article about the news that last week I tweeted, quote, the Taliban, all of them together, plus every Al Qaeda fighter in the world, do not pose the threat to the United States that Trump or Trumpist extremists do. End quote. That was not the first time I have said that, nor will it be the last time, because it is true. They did ask me if I wanted to comment on what I'd already said publicly, and I emailed the following. He's very, very proud of himself for saying that Trump's supporters and Trump himself and Trumpism, like literally the idea that Americans and American priorities should be put first for the American government, that is so dangerous. And he's very proud of his stance on this. It is so dangerous. It is more dangerous than the Taliban and Al Qaeda and probably even ISIS K, too. The Taliban and Al-Qaeda are among the most vile, dangerous, violent extremist organizations in the world. They pose a threat that must be taken very seriously and actively combated. They do not, however, pose an existential threat to the United States or our way of life. Trump and his supporters have, with support of one of America's most dangerous enemies, actively sought to undermine democracy in America. The coup attempt on January 6th and the propagation of the big lie are an example of this. Their efforts to suppress the vote are an example of this. Trump's active obstruction of justice is an example of this. Should they succeed, democracy in America will be gutted. Our way of life ended. Our values undermined and our standing in the world destroyed. They may yet succeed. As a consequence, the threat they pose is far greater to the United States as a whole. Now, remember, he's an expert here because he's on the Council on Foreign Relations. That's the globalist organization that influences American foreign policy for the benefit of the global communist movement. And oddly enough, it was where Joe Biden bragged about having the Ukrainian prosecutor fired. You know, Joe's quid pro quo. In Ukraine. Back to the article. Further, Trump, through his own ignorance and self serving spread of lies, is responsible, according to credible estimates, for the deaths of hundreds of thousands of Americans due to his mishandling of COVID. No terror group could ever hope to achieve such a level of damage. Finally, Trump and Pompeo helped orchestrate the release of 5000 Taliban fighters and accelerated the handover of Afghanistan to the Taliban. Consequently, they have also aided and abetted that that terror organization with their misguided, short sighted policies. He's writing this as this is happening in Afghanistan. I should add that by perpetuating lies that have led to the deaths of hundreds of thousands and by promoting lies that have undermined democracy, Fox is actively complicit in this. He is extremely proud of himself for that email, standing up for his tweet. Their article did quote the first portion of my response, but do no doubt to space requirements online. Oh, what sarcasm, what humor. He wanted them to use the full statement. So it was basically like he could just use Fox's platform because they asked him, to back up his evil statement, he could now just make his statement more full and have Fox advertise that nonsense to their readers and that they had some journalistic responsibility to do so, apparently. It omitted what I said about how Fox News is culpable for the damage Trump and his supporters have done, as well as my reference to Trump's role in shoring up the Taliban and thereby accelerating the fall of Afghanistan to the extremist group. Again, it's Trump's fault That the man who has been pretending to be president for the last seven plus months now has disgraced the country in historic fashion. It's all Trump's fault. Remember, they don't have any moral responsibility for what's happening under the fake president. Because first of all, all they did was vote. And, you know, join the hate movement and, you know, amplify all the hate and the fake news and the misinformation and the anti-American sentiment. And, of course, more of the hate. But also it's because all of the bad things are Trump's fault. And so really, there's nothing for them to even doubt themselves over. Something you don't hear much about on Fox News is how U.S. law enforcement sees the domestic violent extremists who have supported and been encouraged by Trump. I could have pointed out domestic extremists pose a greater threat to the U.S. than do foreign violent extremists like the Taliban and Al Qaeda, according to the Department of Homeland Security. And by the way, see, the thing is, with this commie writing, this writing style, they are using this this appeal to authority to make someone's stated opinion appear as if it's accepted fact. Okay, so because Alejandro Mayorkas and other people in Homeland Security say that domestic violent extremism is the biggest threat for law enforcement, that somehow makes it true. Because they couldn't be wrong, they're taking their opinion and acting as if it's objective truth because members of their own political movement say so. That is what he is saying right now. A view they also held when Trump's team was in place there. Trump appointed FBI director Christopher Wray agrees and has pointed to the special threat posed by white supremacists. Again, that doesn't make it true to anyone but the most child-brained of communists. They have never provided substance or support for that view. You are supposed to accept that it's true because of what they showed you on January 6th, even though the FBI was out last week saying that, no, it was not directed by Donald Trump. No, it was not Uh, pre-planned and coordinated. And we know why they came out with that statement. The entire January 6th narrative is false. And they wanted people to stop asking about it because they don't want it leading all the way back to them. And it's beginning to get uncomfortably close, as I imagine it is for David Rothkopf. And that's why he is just spewing hate all over. And, of course, you're supposed to believe that we have this violent race problem in our country coming from the right. Because there are police who have, according to the communists, murdered unarmed black people. Nearly all of whom were criminals and many were armed and nearly all were resisting arrest. But. Racism. And you have to believe that white supremacist groups are very dangerous and very threatening because the media tells you all about the Proud Boys and the Three Percenters and the Oath Keepers. Now, have they ever proven anything those people have done? Not really. And have they ever put it in the context of the domestic terrorism and political violence that they all called mostly peaceful protests last year. No, they haven't, because if they did, it would be quite obvious to every thinking person in the entire world that the domestic extremist violence problem in the United States exists entirely on the left with Antifa a group that is organized and funded to do this very thing, and they do it in other countries, and they're funded by the same people. It is not a hard connection to make. This stuff is insane. And while the threat posed by foreign terrorists is real, it has been vastly overstated in the wake of 9-11. Oh, well, that's interesting. Interesting. We should not have treated those terrorists as being analogous to prior international enemies of the modern era, like the Nazis or the Soviets. They instead pose a more limited kind of risk than was presented, a risk that despite their rhetoric was not to our society or institutions broadly, but was instead sporadic and opportunist. We are better off responding to them with specialized counterterror measures, expanding intelligence capabilities, hardened assets, And greater public-private coordination in the identification of preparation for and reaction to threats. Although I was tempted to, I did not mention those points in my email because I doubted that the Fox article would have space in its article. You're such a good writer. To cover all the evidence and sound analysis by experts, that makes it absolutely clear that while the Taliban and Al Qaeda are utterly repugnant and a threat that should not be minimized, even though he just did it, the damage already done by Trump and many of his supporters and the eminent threat of future damage they pose is greater than foreign terror groups currently pose or seem likely to in the immediate future. Speaking of imminent threats, the rising daily COVID tolls driven by a Trumpist partisan rejection of science is certainly one. The fact that Trump and his supporters, including many high GOP officials, are defending the January 6th attack on the Capitol, continuing to perpetuate their lies about the fairness of the last election and actively working to try to rig future elections all drive home the point that the threat from the former president has not receded. For these reasons, it is irrefutable that Trump and many of the people seeking to advance his agenda or claim it for themselves are poised to have a far greater negative impact on Americans and the country as a whole than foreign extremist groups. He says this and publishes this article yesterday. As the man he supports and the party he supports and the global communist movement he supports just blew up. 13 American soldiers and a whole bunch of civilians. However, I hasten to add that I was not and am not suggesting that all Trump supporters are as bad as members of Taliban or Al Qaeda. Case in point, while many Trumpists still want to disenfranchise people of color, overturn elections, obstruct justice, egg on domestic violent extremists, canoodle with foreign enemies, and abuse power and our constitution, some of them have moved on from the errors of the past. Few of them, for example, believe any longer we should inject Clorox into our veins. Now many on the Trumpy right are instead promoting the benefits of ingesting a livestock dewormer. And, of course, he's talking about ivermectin. And this goes on. But I think you get the picture here. And I just want to say to the communists who read this article and who believe this, and I want you to be able to understand this when people close to you will post articles like this on social media. Some of you guys, for some reason, some very, very pointless and stupid and terrible reason are still on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. I don't know why. I mean, I do know why you can't resist the attention and you want to be there and you will tell yourself that you're making a difference there. You aren't, okay? The algorithm is set up to make sure you do not make a difference there, all right? And yes, it's smart enough to do that, okay? Gotta stop, gotta stop. You are giving your data away for nothing, You are allowing yourself to be tracked for nothing. Okay, just deal with it. I love you, but deal with it. Now, on those sites, part of the problem with you still being there, and I don't know why you are, is that you are continually exposed to nonsense like this. And the sheer volume of it, because you're not allowed to see the other side, makes you think that there are actually a lot of people out there believing this and agreeing with it. And certainly the people who are really addicted to the central narrative, they're all happy to post it because they want to perpetuate this message. But you got to understand, okay? If you read an article in the Daily Beast and by a stranger, by the way, whose background you can look up, he's talking about danger to Americans and how Trump supporters are canoodling with foreign enemies And abusing power while sitting on the Council of Foreign Relations. He is literally a person who works toward compromising America's interests in favor of the global communist community. That is who this person is. But you read this article by a stranger and you take his word for it you actually accept the notion that the person you are friends with or is in your family or in your community who not too long ago you thought was a very sane and kind and upstanding citizen, you think that person is more dangerous, a bigger threat, then the Taliban and Al-Qaeda and ISIS-K pushed together before realizing that the Daily Beast might be wrong. Nope. You just accept the Daily Beast's word for it. The man on the Council of Foreign Relations, Clinton administration, Kissinger's organization, the Council on Foreign Relations... And you hear him say that your friends and neighbors and family members are a bigger threat to America than Al Qaeda and Taliban and ISIS-K combined. And you think that is more likely true than the idea that the Daily Beast could simply be wrong. Right? This guy, he went to Colombia. He must know what he's talking about. Oh, he's very successful. Oh, he says all the right things. He says all of the slogans. In fact, he even gets to create some of the slogans, or at least he gets to pretend he's creating the slogans as the people higher up than him tell him what to say, because that's really what's happening. But you can trust him. You can trust him. His claim to fame is that his father was a survivor of the Holocaust. So therefore, he cannot be evil. That's pretty much George Soros's argument, too. And if you dispute anything they say, that's anti-Semitic. Even though George Soros helped load Hungarian Jews onto trains so that he could save his own ass. But don't worry about that. That is not anti-Semitic. That's just looking out for yourself. And that's what matters, doesn't it, Kami? So what will happen in the future, Kami, in the future where you might be wrong about a series of things you don't know anything about? What will happen? Do you imagine that people will forget the fact that you posted this article and you supported this position? You're like a former radio host in Los Angeles, Tom Likas, who's literally laughing on Twitter at stories about how a mother and her one-year-old died and they were unvaccinated. He said like, oh, it's one less one less Trumpy vote, one less Trumpist vote, whatever stupid word he used. Will people forget the Sophia Bushes of the world and John Legend? And Jennifer Aniston and all of these absolute morons who say and do whatever they are told online to propagandize the American public. Is anybody going to forget all these Hollywood celebrities? And by the way, there are some Hollywood celebrities out there that were relatively quiet on social media, but not in real life, you know, and They'll just sit back and hope that once the country realizes what they've done, maybe they can just hide. They'll just hope no one noticed. Everyone forgets. They'll just expect that the wave is going to come for the big people first, right? They'll only go for the real big commies. They're not going to look into what you said or what your wife said or anything like that. They're going to go after the real big commies, the ones more famous than you. Don't worry, buddy. It's going to be a OK. Doesn't matter that you have blamed political violence on Trump supporters while covering for Black Lives Matter in all your posts. No one's ever going to figure it out. And no one is ever going to come back and show you video of. People writhing in the streets of Afghanistan as explosions went off. We're not entirely sure what the cause of the explosions were. We're told that there were two suicide bombers. A day later, it's only one suicide bomber, but it's probably not a big deal to find out why we were given that other story, is it? So, you know, nobody's ever going to show you that footage and say to you, hey, You're morally responsible for this. Not like you did about January 6th, buddy. Remember that, commie? Hey, happy birthday, commie. One day you'll figure it out. And then what? You're just going to hope everyone forgot. And you can just go right along being famous. Right? All these celebrities out there, they're going to be just fine. They said the thing they were supposed to say when they were supposed to say it, just like everybody else did. And we'll all dilute our moral responsibility. It'll be everybody's fault. It can't just be my fault. I was just following the science. I was just following the television. I was just following what my friends were doing. And it won't be your fault, Commie. It won't be. Yeah, you just got steered the wrong direction. No big deal. No big deal. No one's going to remember they're only going to go after the John Legends of the world. They're not going to go after the TV actors. They'll be way down the line. Probably no one even cares that they supported uh, Nazism at that point, that they voted for a man who was mentored by a Klansman. No one's going to care. No one's going to blame you, commie, for a total degradation of American society around the world as the invalid you voted for is now in the process of getting American soldiers killed because of his complete and total incompetence and the incompetence of literally everyone around him all the way up to Barack Obama, who is controlling him. And sooner or later, commies, you guys are going to find out that Barack Obama is actually a treasonous traitor as well. And then how's that going to work? Oh, you mean his skin color is not going to protect him from that claim? Once you see what his real crimes actually are. Oh, that's right. I'm a conspiracy theorist. Everything I say is, is just wrong. It's conspiracy theory. It can't possibly be true. There's no evidence for it. That's strange, considering that I keep being right about all of the really big issues and have been for 18 months and have been telling you. And the fact is, no one has to believe me. Listen to my ideas and consider whether or not they're true. That's it. That's all I ever ask of anyone. I'm going to get some things wrong. I'm not going to get, you know, really, really easy things wrong. Like masks don't work. Or like lockdowns don't work. Or like the idea that forcing hundreds of millions of people into extreme poverty and forcing millions of people to miss medical care that will surely end their lives early or that putting sick people into nursing homes is not something to defend or that political violence is not something to defend. I wouldn't make mistakes like that. That's you guys. I'm the one who tells you all these things eight months or a year or longer in advance while you commies pretend that I'm the stupid one about subjects you know you know nothing about. You just assume that the people you listen to have enough authority to make whatever I say stupid. (laughs) Yet none of those people will ever debate anyone like me. And why won't they do that? Oh, because I'm not going to repeat the slogans to them, and I will ask them a series of questions they have no ability to honestly answer and still maintain any sort of reputation or credibility or viability. Even they would be laughed off the public stage if they actually had to answer questions. Imagine Anthony Fauci actually having to answer questions from someone who isn't trying to protect Anthony Fauci. Rand Paul does it for five minutes every four months and is always at least six months to a year behind, but that's the closest Anthony Fauci gets to being questioned at all. And every time he does it, his story falls apart. So what does that say about Anthony Fauci's ability to honestly answer questions and maintain any sort of credibility? He has none. He's a fraud, just like you, Kami. Now, I didn't mean to go off on that tangent, and what I want to do is talk for a bit about the fake administration's response to what happened yesterday, because I think that that's very telling, and some of the details of yesterday's events are still hazy enough that I don't want to, like, make declarations about them. I know that the media's story about all this is false. That is obvious. All right. Or they wouldn't have to continue changing the story. Joe Biden's military commander who fielded questions yesterday with Pentagon spokesman John Kirby. His name is Kenneth McKenzie, I believe. He is the general in charge of this operation. Spent his time listing numbers for everybody. Not addressing the actual situation. Just numbers. Just the numbers. This is what we're doing. We have these types of aircrafts here and there. Oh, great. And then Jen Psaki, of course, came out and said that everything was the fault of the Taliban and the Afghan military forces. They just didn't live up to the expectations and no one could have known. No one could have predicted. I wish that there was something we could have done. But it turns out. That the people in Afghanistan, they just didn't live up to their expectations. You know, we had high hopes for them. They failed. And what results is a tragedy. But I've watched Biden speak about this last night, and I'll get to that in a second. And I've watched two Jen Psaki press conferences at this point since the events of yesterday. And by the way, they delayed any statement at all for four or five or six hours. They just lose days entirely. They don't even react until they get exactly the things that they want to say. And then they write them out. They perfect their statement. They craft it. I'd be surprised if they didn't put it through focus groups first. But they come out with these rehearsed speeches. Jen Psaki with her binder that she reads from never answering a single question. Biden has a list of people he's instructed to call on. He literally said that yesterday. I was instructed to call on Kelly O'Donnell first unbelievable. But let's hear him interact with Fox News's Peter Ducey, And I think you'll get a sense of how incompetent and how detached from reality these people are. There has been no sign of any emotional investment in this situation. There has also been no sign of any surprise about it. It's like they knew that, quote, something like this would happen and it happened and they're going to say all the things that they decide to say. But in the meantime, they're going to make jokes and like give somebody credit. Oh, it's your last day in the press room. Oh, well, thank you for being part of the media. That's really how they've acted. I'm Not making it up. It's real. You can just watch it with your own eyes. Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, Jen Psaki. It's all for show. okay? party of false decorum. Just because they're in actual politics doesn't mean that they are any different. They think that the purpose is to say the right things and then project a winning personality so that you can win over the people you're talking to. Give them a laugh. Have a laugh together. Let them know you guys are on the same team. It's all a show. There is nothing authentic. There is no expertise. There is only planning. There's only a grand plan, which each part of the narrative is meant to serve. And the only thing we get is narrative. The narrative does not match the actions. Right now, actually, and then I'll play the clip. I know I keep going on and on. I'm ranting. They are leading up to a weather event this weekend. They have another hurricane that is supposed to hit Louisiana, and it's going to hit on apparently the anniversary of Hurricane Katrina. And you know how they like to celebrate the uh, anniversaries of tragedies, the anniversary of George Floyd's death. That was a big celebration this year. And now on Sunday, we're going to mark the anniversary of Hurricane Katrina with another hurricane, just like on the 20th anniversary of 9-11. We were going to market with pulling out of Afghanistan. But since Joe Biden has no control over the situation, they had to do that already. And instead, we'll get to market with most likely another terrorist event. They love the anniversary of tragedies, so they are. Trying to hype up this hurricane that's supposed to make landfall on Sunday. And they just did this last week. All right. Joe Biden on Sunday came out for that press conference. The primary part of that press conference was to give remarks about that storm that was headed toward New York City and the Northeast. It was so important. That rain was so important that the president, the real president of the United States had to come out and give a statement about it. And then, oh, yeah, answer some questions about the unfolding debacle in Afghanistan. But he went out there for the storm. And apparently another storm is going to hit them this weekend. That's what they're preparing for. And it seems that the hope is that this storm is devastating enough that it will give them some distraction in the media so that they don't have to stage another Afghanistan event or another very deadly insurrection or another uh, school shooting or another cop killing an unarmed black man incident. They're hoping that the storm will be enough to take America's attention away from the Arizona audit report, away from Afghanistan and suck up all of the 24 hour news cycle. That's what they want. Now, let's listen to the fake president.
0: Wait, wait, wait. Let me take the one question from the most interesting guy that I know in the press.
1: That's you. Isn't that great? Just a few minutes before that, Joe Biden was standing with his head down, giving some sort of moment of silence for those soldiers that were killed in because of his incompetence. And only a few minutes later, he's trying to give a good ribbing to Peter Ducey, making jokes, having a laugh. That's not the only time in that press conference that he acted like that either. And I'm not just saying that that's insensitive. I'm saying that he is not making an emotional connection to the event yesterday, all right? It is like it didn't happen and that he's just describing something he watched on television, all right? He doesn't have the emotional connection to the event. Now, if I was an incompetent, illegitimate president and I found out that my incompetence led to the death of 13 American soldiers... I don't think that joviality would be what I was trying to project to the American public. That is just so embarrassing. And the bad part hasn't even started yet. Ducey hasn't even asked his question.
0: Mr. President, there had not been a U.S. service member killed in combat in Afghanistan since February of 2020. You set a deadline. You pulled troops out. You sent troops back in. And now 12 Marines are dead. You said the buck stops with you. Do you bear any responsibility for the way that things have unfolded in the last two weeks? I bear responsibility for fundamentally all that's happened of
1: late. Got to get that qualifier in there at the end. I bear responsibility for all that's happened of late. The stuff before that was definitely someone else's fault. The buck stops with me, but also it doesn't.
0: Here's the deal. You know, I wish you'd one day say these things. You know as well as I do that a former president made a deal with the Taliban that he would get all American forces out of Afghanistan by May 1. In return, the commitment was made, and that was a year before. In return, he was given a commitment that the Taliban would continue to attack others, but would not attack any American forces. Remember that? I'm I'm being serious. Uh, No, I'm asking you a question. Because before... No, 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 wait a minute. I'm asking you a question.
1: Is that that accurate? Do you see what the illegitimate president just did there? He said that he is responsible, lately, But before that, it's Trump's fault. And he just tried to provide context, as Jen Psaki says, and then get the reporter to agree with his false premise that it was Trump's fault. He was trying to get Ducey to agree with him. All these people in that bubble, they think. That their narrative, because it gets repeated so often and by almost everyone, that everyone out there must accept it and then does accept it. He's trying to make sure that Peter Ducey will agree to ask his question on the terms of the false central narrative.
0: But Mr. President, respectfully, that, I don't think that the issue that uh, do you think that people have an issue with? Pulling out of Afghanistan for just a wave of things that happen.
1: Now, this entire time Biden is leaning over, like his forehead's almost touching the microphone. He's resting his body on his little folder that he takes everywhere, his little cheat sheet. He's hugging it to his chest and bent over in frustration as he listens to this question. He's upset that Ducey isn't accepting his premises. It is So embarrassing. I cannot believe that this man is pretending to lead the free world. Oh, my God. Joe Biden is completely exposed. His entire life of corruption and failure and incompetence is all out on the surface now. Everything he does. Adds to his shame. And if his voters were remotely honest people, they would admit that everything he does adds to their shame too.
0: I think they have an issue that people are likely to get hurt. Some, as we've seen, have gotten killed and that it is messy. The reason why, whether my friend will acknowledge it or has reported it, The reason why there were no attacks on Americans, as you said, from the date until I came into office, was because the commitment was made by President Trump. I will be out by May 1st. In the meantime, you agree not to attack any Americans. That was the deal. That's why no American was attacked.
1: Now, if you haven't seen this video, please watch it because his eyes are just blankly staring. He is so confused right now. But again, he's just blaming all of this on Trump and trying to get Ducey to agree with him. But he's not even really understanding what he's saying. All right. He's trying to make it look like if it weren't for Donald Trump's bad plan, then Americans would have been getting killed the whole time. But they didn't kill any Americans (laughs) under that plan. They killed Americans now because we're not operating on that plan. What does he think he's saying? What case does he think he's making? It's actually Trump's fault because his plan wasn't good enough. It wouldn't have been an enduring plan. They probably would have attacked Trump, too. What is he claiming? And you said
0: that you still, a, a few days ago, you said you squarely stand by your decision to pull out. Yes, I do. Because look at it this way, folks. And I'm going to I have another meeting for real. But.
1: You got that? He really does have another meeting after this. They're not just telling him to wrap up because they are so concerned that he's going to have a moment like this. They instructed him to take some questions from the people they named. And then he just went ahead and kept taking questions like this one from Peter Ducey. But he he has another meeting for real. And he's got to get to that or else the people instructing him to do things will be very upset.
0: Imagine where we'd be if I had indicated on May the 1st. I was not going to renegotiate an evacuation date. We were going to stay there. I'd have only one alternative. Pour thousands of more troops back into Afghanistan to fight a war that we had already won relative to the reason we went in the first place. I have never been of the view that we should be Sacrificing American lives to try to establish a democratic government in Afghanistan.
1: Oh, what? That's a lie. That is a lie. Joe Biden is straight up lying. There is nothing else to say about that. It is in direct opposition to his record and his words, this is who Joe Biden is. He is a liar. He is trying to make the case that he is the man who wanted peace. He wanted to just go chase down the terrorists that did 9-11 and then get out. He doesn't want a nation build, except he did want a nation build. Oh, and he was going to chase Osama bin Laden to the gates of hell, except he's the one who said that they shouldn't go in and take out bin Laden. Joe Biden is a liar. And of course he is, because only a liar could go fill that position illegitimately and know it and have planned for it. A country
0: that has never once in its entire history been a united country and is made up, I don't mean this in a derogatory, made up of different tribes who have never, ever, ever gotten along with one another. And so, as I said before, and this is the last comment I'll make, we'll have more chance to talk about this, unfortunately, beyond, because we're not out yet. If Osama bin Laden, as well as al Qaeda, had chosen to launch an attack when they left Saudi Arabia out of Yemen, Would we have ever gone to Afghanistan, even though the Taliban completely controlled Afghanistan at the time? Would we have ever gone? I know it's not fair to ask you questions. It's rhetorical, but raise your hand if you think we
1: should have gone. It's rhetorical, but raise your hand and answer. (laughs) A total mental degenerate in every way imaginable. Totally incapable of even forming coherent thoughts, and we're pretending that he's running the country.
0: And given up thousands of lives and tens of thousands of wounded. Our interest in going was to prevent Al Qaeda from re emerging, first, to get bin Laden, wipe out Al Qaeda in Afghanistan, prevent that from happening again. I've said 100 times, terrorism is metastasized around the world. We have greater threats coming out of other countries a heck of a lot closer to the United States. We don't have military encampments there. We don't keep people there. We have over the horizon capability to keep them from going after us. Ladies and gentlemen, it was time to end a 20 year war. Thank you so much.
1: It was time to end a 20-year war on terror, and we figured that the best way to do that would be to leave the base behind and allow the Taliban to let the prisoners out. And how many prisoners? How many terrorist prisoners were let out? Oh, it was 2,000. That's what they admitted today. Isn't that spectacular? Now, Again, I said I'm still waiting for this Afghanistan thing to develop. I don't like to give hot takes on major events that are not fully developed. It just doesn't make sense, okay? But I can talk about how people are reacting to it because that stuff is real, and I can understand that with my own eyes and my own brain, and I don't have to try to figure out which information from halfway around the world is true and false, which is something that we can't know yet, I don't think. Or at least I'm not in a position to know. But it's really, really interesting, as I said last week, to see what the media's response to all of this is and to see what the political class's response to all of this is. It is obvious that the media is not covering for Joe Biden. And his fake administration. Now, they're not saying, hey, Joe Biden's a fake president. Let's get him out of there. They're just trying to make the situation look really bad so that we have this momentum to move forces back into Afghanistan and stay forever once again. And Joe Biden is just collateral damage to the needs of that narrative. That narrative, pushing that narrative, is more important than retaining the image of Joe Biden's competence and leadership. They are happy to jettison Biden if they can stay in Afghanistan. And I think that's what's going on. And, you know, it's it's notable how much differently the media is reacting to this than they did to Benghazi when they protected Obama and Hillary. They blamed it on some video. They were responding to a video of some random pastor who burned a Quran or something. That was their excuse for why that incident happened. They didn't try to make Obama and Hillary look as bad as they were. They lied. They covered it. Why? And why aren't they doing the same this time? Well, they're not doing the same this time because they want to be back In Afghanistan. And the only way they're going to get that done, it seems is by getting rid of Joe Biden, because Joe Biden clearly is not giving the indication that he's going to send a mass of troops back in so that they can hold on to corrupt power in Afghanistan. That does not seem to be happening, which means that the media and the deep state military industrial complex who are controlling them are not getting their way. So they are escalating the drama of the situations and may in fact be escalating the situations or staging them entirely as they did on January 6th. And that's what I'm waiting to find out. That's what I want to know. Because the media reaction right now makes no sense in the context of what else they've done over the last few years. But hey, commie. Don't let any of this throw you off your game. Don't let it upset you. And don't worry, you are never going to be held responsible for any of it, right? All you did was vote. So I'm going to try to get an episode recorded this weekend to make up for yesterday. And whenever that happens, I will be back at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network mask and lockdowns don't work. They lied to you about a pandemic and Joe Biden will never be president. Goodbye. Whether you're a total newbie to podcasting or even if you've had a show before like me, you know how intimidating it can be to start your show. Please follow the podcast on Instagram and parlor at I'm Your Moderator. Soon, I'll be up on Rumble with a video aspect. In the meantime, if you'd like to support the show, I have a Substack, I'mYourModerator.substack.com, where you can donate, or you can donate at Anchor.fm by searching "Be Reasonable" with your moderator Chris Paul. I hope to see you soon. Back out on the ring. Backing as moderator for tonight's
2: broadcast. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer.